Welcome to the Sonic Shaman Show, home of the Coffee Connect and Conscious Connections. The show is dedicated to empowering you to perceive, know, be, and express your unique voice in this world without the fear of judgment of others through healing, coaching, and educational services. In each episode, Hank and his guests offer tools, techniques, and inspiration to help you step into your potency. Now, here is your host, Hank Settela. Good morning, everyone. My name is Hank Settela. I'm the Sonic Shaman, and this is the Coffee Connect. And I come to you almost every day with some sort of little inspiration or motivational uh, topic. And today, it kind of kept changing. Every time I was thinking about maybe what I was going to talk about, a new inspiration would like pop up. So I actually made the comment or the background picture to be just be uh, on the Coffee Connect. But knowing that Thanksgiving's going to be tomorrow, I think we need to expand on that a little bit. Because when we start to meet, although we shouldn't be meeting because of COVID, right? When we start to meet with our family and the people that we spent our young years with, we have a tendency to start to slip back into what we have, like these different roles that get projected on us. And that's where we're going to take the conversation. However, I need to first just go to Facebook real quick and make this public on my page. And if you've been watching these and you get value out of the videos, please consider uh, sharing them on your page. Uh, the best place to share is from the YouTube channel. The more people that watch on YouTube, the more Google services up organically uh, as relevant uh, contents. So let me just go ahead and make this public real quick. And this is intended to be interactive. So if you have questions, if there's something going on in your world, even if it's not on topic, go ahead and make a comment. I might not bring it up right away, but I'll definitely circle back to it. And I love allowing the people who are watching to direct the energy a little bit. And I see Megan checking in already. Good morning, Megan. I'm so pleased that you're able to join us. And for those of you who are only watching on Facebook or YouTube, all the episodes, it's about a day delayed at like 3.33 a.m. the following day, because apparently that's the best time to upload podcasts. Who knew? Um, you can't, it is uploaded to like Amazon Music and iTunes and Spotify and all that. So you can't find the Sonic Shaman. Though if you're using a voice activated uh, search features, you have to say Shaman. Uh, in order for it to come up correctly. So just a little interesting fun fact, but good morning. So with Thanksgiving coming up and us going to be around all of our family and friends and all that type of thing, one thing that seems to happen, even if you've worked a lot on who you are and things, is we start to slip into projected roles. And so what does that mean? Imagine if uh, you have like a whole bunch of siblings and one sibling was very, very responsible and the other one's not so much. And the parents might say, why can't you be like your brother, Johnny? Why can't you be like your friend, Timmy, that comes over to play and visit and everything like that? That's like a projection of them having a preference over someone else rather than having that be on you, right? And sometimes if you have like a maybe black sheep syndrome, we'll call it like the black sheep of the family. What if the things that are happening in your life uh, that are causing people to label you as that are no longer fed because of what other whatever random circumstances occurring. But what if that is fed because of the projection of that as an expectation on you? Think about that. And there's a clearing for this uh, in access consciousness that I'm going to give. It's what roles are you using to refuse the infinite possibilities you could be choosing? I'm going to say that again. What roles are you using to refuse the infinite possibilities you could be choosing? So allow that for a moment to allow this energy to bubble up all these roles. And it's not just parents like this happens with uh, coworkers and jobs and things. It's anywhere where someone has a 
a projection, a judgment, a conclusion about you that they're projecting on you that you accept as true for you, even though it's not. That's a projection and that's stepping into a role that somebody else is like mm-hmm. kind of throwing on you or whatnot. And we don't have to accept those at all. So what roles are you using to refuse the abundance and the infinite possibilities that you could be choosing? And just ask that question out loud, maybe not right now if someone's around you, but ask that question out loud and allow this energy to bubble up. This is the energy of the roles that you're using. And then the other part of it is saying, and all that that is, I'm willing to have something different. I'm willing to destroy and uncreate it because you're basically giving the universe, putting the universe on notice, hey, all this no longer serves me. I'm willing to have something different. And then just ask the question, what else is possible? We have Joseph checking in saying, happy Thanksgiving, great way to start the day. That is exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) But this is also, it's not just the roles, like all the roles that we're using, that is the, the cover over what's really underneath, which is all of our own unique, authentic voices in this world. There's a a joke that I heard as we started to be step into parenthood, that you spend the first years of your life to teaching them to walk and to talk, or the first years of your kid's life, and you spend the rest of their lifetime teaching them to sit down and shut up. And what that what, what does that mean exactly? Well, as soon as they get old enough where they're running around and doing things, we start projecting all kinds of things on them. Oh, don't do that. What will the neighbors think? No, don't do that. People are going to hear you crying. Don't do that. And we're starting to take whatever state they're in, whatever beingness they're in, teaching that, hey, it's not okay for you to be in that state. You need to put on this little ghillie suit. A ghillie suit is like a camouflage suit that hunters use to like blend into nature. You need to fit in. You need to be able to be unseen in this world. You don't want to shout, you don't want to speak your voice too loudly because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. In Australia, they call that a uh, tall poppy syndrome. You don't want to be the tall poppy and stand out. You want to run in the middle of the pack. You don't want to go too low that people notice you or too high that people notice you. But really, with your own unique voice in this world, you wouldn't help but to be that top poppy. Because one of the things that attracts people the most is authenticity. Whether it's authenticity on a a preferred nature or authenticity on a not preferred nature, when you see somebody that's truly being authentic, it's like magnets coming together. People are just drawn to it because everybody's really, in my, my view, of course, point of view creates reality. But my view is that everybody came here to forget who they are as an infinite being so that they can find out who they are as an infinite being. It's a paradox. And I've talked about this before, that all the greatest truths are paradoxes, right? But in the absence of that, which you are not, that which you are is not. That's a quote from Neil Donald Walsh, meaning that in order for you to know the infinite being that you truly be, you got to forget the infinite being that you truly be. And then when we start to come through and, and get taught as children and all that stuff, all those judgments and projections and expectations and conclusions about who we should be in relation to the world based on our parents' point of view and society's point of view, we forget who we are. It, it makes it almost as though it's just cemented underneath. And we have what we call in shamanism, this muhukoya, which means a seed of divine potential. It's usually a little bit above the navel, can be anywhere in there, but this, there's this little energetic seed. And one of the things that we do is we start to work on ourselves. We start to cultivate ourselves and that seed will germinate that own unique voice, that, that source of divinity from within starts to germinate from that seed and it seeks to grow up and out and flower, right? And that little seed, like how many people have seen grass growing in concrete, right? That little seed where there's a will, there's a way, where there's a desire to be your authentic voice in this world and show your your flower and all that, 
there's it's going to happen. It's just that you need to stay the course and start to be as active and as conscious as possible in looking for that. So if you have questions, comments, feel free to comment on things of that nature or anything really you can comment on. But if, how does that resonate with you? Is there something in particular uh, that that brings up for you that I could kind of steer the conversation in? And while people may be typing or maybe not, because if you're sipping on coffee, you might not want to go type, which I totally get. You can always ask questions in the replay and we can visit things on future streams. But the active part of it is really identifying, A, what energy do I need to be to really step into my unique voice in this world? What energy could I be right now to smash through all that cement on top of my unique voice? So you identify that one energy on one side and then the energy of what's stopping me? What's stopping me from actually busting through all of that and destroy and uncreate that? It's a process in access consciousness where you're really identifying the energy that you'd like to be because like the topic that was initially coming through, beingness precedes doing this. So who do you need to be in creationship to your perceived reality to then allow the universe to bring to you the experiences that will allow you to shatter through all of those judgments, projections, um, uh, can't think of the other word I was gonna use, roles. That's the big one. What roles are you using? And my friend, Brian, hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, let me see. Let me th think about what I was about to say and let's reframe it for just a moment. Let's talk about my friend, Johnny. Okay, just in case other people are watching, I don't wanna call people out. But Johnny is like the black sheep of the family. And this is really based on a true story. So you can find, kind of connect the dots maybe if you really want to. But everything that this person does from the family's point of view never works out. And they had gotten into a certain type of investing called option trading. And if you don't know option trading, if, well, one surprise, I have like 10 years of experience in the finance industry, more than that actually. So I used to be banker Hank and now I'm healer Hank. <laughs> So I have a lot of background around uh, this type of stuff. So it's a, it's a weird concept. So like, you don't really need to understand it, but I'm going to mention it just so you can kind of get the energy of it. So say there's a stock for a hundred bucks, but you can't afford to buy the stock. You could buy an option to buy the stock for a fraction of the price. So you might be able to buy an option to buy the stock at say $105. Now an option is only good for a period of time. So you're banking that the stocks are going to go from hundred dollars to say 110. So then when it goes to 110, though you don't have enough money to buy the stock, you could sell the option to buy the stock at 105 and whoever buys that option can get it for 105, instantly sell it for 110 and make the profit. And you're selling, you're getting a premium on the option. So it's really risky because there might only be a 30 day window that this option's good or a 90 day window that this option's good. And if you don't sell your option, you just lose the money or you can buy the stock. But if the stock is, um, say the stock goes down to $90 and you have an option to buy it at 100, it's not worth anything anyhow. So that's why it's really risky, but you can make a lot of money. And this person went, and I believe it was like 500 bucks they started with, literally turned it into like $10,000. Now, all of a sudden they're like, oh, look at this, my boats come in, right? I'm gonna you know, do this and do that and all that. And they start telling their family about it. Uh huh. So they see where this is going. So they tell their family about it and they go, oh, this is great. We'll do this for us too. And everybody gives them a little money and he opens up all these accounts. And then, and then uh, it doesn't work out so well and he loses it all. <laughs> so this, what does this tell you? So when you're, he was being his, stepping into his own energy, everything was all fine. And things have been fine since this incident. 
uh, by the way. So it wasn't just like a one-time thing. It was like he he was being authentic with what was going on. And then all of a sudden, the projections, expectations, judgments, and conclusions from his immediate family about how things work out for him, that collective consciousness out-manifested what he knew he could do. And that brings us to the little saying in Access, just for me, just for fun, never tell anyone. And that is, uh, I did a stream on it a couple of days ago where we talked about that. And before you share anything, whether it's selling options or writing a book or whatever the case is, you really got to ask is doing this and, and putting it out this way to this person or to this audience or whatnot, will it be a contribution for what I'm looking to bring into my life? Will it be a contribution or are they going to take away from that energy? Because if I have a project and I'm really passionate about it, and I share it with someone and the energy that comes across deflates that balloon. I, I gave this example too once before is like, you have all this excitement and you're blowing into the balloon. And this is like your will and intention of the universe. You're blowing it into this balloon and this is manifesting to this beautiful thing. And you tell the wrong person. And for whatever reason, their point of view really matters to you. And you get, and you share it with them and they just flatten it flat out say that's a stupid idea. Or they come across with a, some sort of energy that, basically like makes you let go of the balloon and it goes flying around the room and smacks against the wall and you've lost all your momentum and it's just kind of like ah, oh. and you just don't even have the motivation or drive to start again so it's a really key tool just for morning just for morning i've read a comment good morning <laughs> and so out it came freudian slip right uh, just for me just for fun never tell anyone i'm just going to go through uh some of the comments nicole was saying so if i ask what's stopping me well well, you don't ask what's stopping me. Well, you're allowing the energy of what's stopping you to come up. But that's a really good point. So if I ask what's stopping me, we'll attract more of what's stopping me. If you are just asking that question into the universe by itself, that is absolutely true. Where energy flows, where your attention goes. And if you say, why is this happening? Or what's stopping me? You have a loop and it creates the same experience again. What I'm saying to do is you identify the energy of what it is that you're looking to create or take out of your life or whatnot. And the other energy is what is the energy that is preventing me from really stepping into that? And that energy, I'm telling the universe, I'm willing to destroy and uncreate it. I'm willing to have a different possibility. It's a tool to break that cycle. But that's a really good distinction to make because if you do ask the question why or ask the questions what's stopping you, you will bring to you another thing that stops you. So it's a, it's a really a, a fine line when you're working like that but you do want to identify the energy that you need to break up. But the really quick way to get out of this energy, if you say what's stopping me, is immediately reframe that question and just ask the universe, what else is possible here? What energy could I be to have a different experience, a lighter experience around whatever I'm having show up in my life? And then you step into that energy of being, but you still would ask the second question, and what's stopping me from doing that? What's that energy? I just want to know what the energy is, and I'm willing to destroy and uncreate that. I'm not asking you to bring me into that energy, but words are uh, funny things, and you, you ought to be careful because words are one thing on the surface, but what's the energy beneath them? Like the word want, we use it interchangeably with the word desire, right? But the word want means to lack. If I, my wife is uh, from Germany, and she does uh, translations. And one of the things is that if like, say you wanted to translate 
I am hungry from English to German. You would never, you wouldn't translate it to I am hunger in German. You would say, ich möchte essen, I would like to eat, or ich habe hunger, I have hunger, but not I am. And that just gives you like a, a feeling of when you say I'm lacking something, I am, like how much power and potency you're putting to it versus saying like, this is the experience I'm having. What I'm being is happy, joyous, and free. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. It's not that I'm broke. Feel the difference in that. Like, why give power to a state of being that you're not looking to actualize in your life? So words are very funny things and really know what energy are you being underneath the word? Because you could use the wrong word. You might be able to use the word want interchangeably with desire just because of the space you're in and your point of view about the words. But if you're not in that point of view, what is the core belief underneath that word? So in general, choose your words wisely. We have Joseph saying paradox of being. Thank you. Oh, the paradox really comes, and this is illustrated in Neil Donald Walsh's books, uh, Conversations with God, quite beautifully. But beingness must precede doing us. Well, it doesn't must have to, I suppose. It, if you don't do it this way, it just works a little different. So look at these two uh, situations. I need the thing to have money in order to have the thing they call a house, in order to be the thing they call secure. When you go in that route, anything that you have if that's if that changes your outside stimulus can impact your inner state so that's backwards something external to you though we have things that we don't prefer to come up on our lives you would ideally like your state of being to come first i'm happy i'm joyous i'm free i'm abundant and all that and when you exude that energy into the universe it will bring you opportunities to express that being through doing so i am abundant and one of the ways the universe brought me an experience where I can express that abundance is to have the thing they call money so I could buy the, do the thing way after being, do the thing they call buy the house. So that is kind of the be, do, have model versus the I need this to do this, to have, to be this model. And we also have Anne Marie saying, good morning, good morning. I did finally reschedule your appointment, by the way, Anne. <laughs> She's coming to the, uh, I guess I probably shouldn't say that. I'm sorry, Anne. I hope you don't mind. She was uh, checking out our healing clinic with me and Dr. K. So as I already mentioned it, so I might as well uh, say it now. <laughs> and she said, oh, yes, this could be my story too. And since I brought up the healing clinic uh, accidentally, if you'd like to, it's just like a little energy balancing that, um, well, it's more than energy balancing. But with Dr. K, who I'm usually on with Friday, uh, doing the holistic health highlights. We have this energy clinic over at the center in North Olmsted. We are going to be doing a virtual and using Zoom and Zoom breakout rooms, which will probably launch in January if you're not local and you want to have the experience. But I do shamanic work, sound healing work, um, all kinds of different things. And then uh, Dr. K, of course, is a, a functional medicine doctor, and she does pranic healing and a lot of other things too. So uh, we have a little something for everyone in every single session takes on its own unique um, its own unique flavor. And even people who have come multiple times, every time they come, it's a little bit different because that person's different this time. And the same energy that would have been appropriate last time isn't appropriate this time. It needs to shift and change. That's why cookie cutter uh, healers are just not uh, possible in my mind because one particular regimen or one particular uh, series of hand positions and things like that it just doesn't cut it for every single person. And Dr. Azui, when he came up with Reiki, since the energy's flowing there, we'll go there. When Reiki first started, like the first thing they would do is they would scan like the person, like the bison scanning, and then they would just do 
uh, whatever came to them. And you would typically just lay your hands in wherever the affected areas are. So if you had a tongue disease, well, that was one of the hand positions originally before it got uh, westernized for our palatability here. But you would like hold the tongue and, and do all these different things. And now it's like you have all these different hand positions. But I guarantee you, anybody who took Reiki, after they settle in and they start to get comfortable, like how when you ride the bike at first, you have to make sure everything's going just right. And then eventually you can be like, oh, this is easy. And you can more flow with it and do different things that you couldn't have done when you started. I think energy healing works the same way. You get a protocol so that if you don't have an intuitive hit, you got somewhere to start. But once you start tuning into intuition, things roll a lot differently. Uh, good. I'm glad you laughed at that, Anne. <laughs> I was worried for a second. I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't say stuff like that. Though I'm not a doctor, so I'm technically not bound by, by HIPAA, but still it's kind of sad to accidentally do that. <laughs> But I appreciate that you're a good sport with it. And it brought up the energy for me to talk about the clinic. So it was, uh, well, well, very timely. So anything on anyone's mind, any questions, comments, because that was the inspiration part of today. But if there's comments and questions or anything you'd like to ask or know about, we have a little bit of time uh, before I, I should go to start doing things with preparation for Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. Um, we can definitely entertain that. Let's see. So Nicole asks, agreed, and also there is magic and ritual too. Ritual and ceremony, that is my, uh, my favorite thing. And ritual and ceremony, two things. One, if you have someone that is so like logic-minded and you throw them in a shamanic ceremony, their mind is just like, WTF, mate, I don't know what to make of this. And what it does is it gets the logical mind out of the way so that they could have an experience. Like they're so overwhelmed by what's going on that they can't make logical sense. So the brain says, I give up, I'm not even gonna try. And sometimes something like that creates the space for that healing. Just like when my buddy brought his dad to one of my concerts and I Christianized the whole ceremony for him because I knew he would probably go running out. I even put a chair outside in the vestibule area because I thought, you know, if this man does bold, I don't want him to have to go wait outside in the car or something where it might be cold or whatnot. I put like a chair up out like, and I even offered, if you'd like to go, go. But that was also important because I took away any resistance that he had to being there. He knew he had the choice. So I think it made it a little bit easier for him to stay. But with magical rituals, it's it's adding a lot of physical representation to intention, like with a petition candle, uh, well, petition papers, really. You write down everything that you'd like to actualize in your life on a piece of paper. Maybe this is an exercise for tomorrow. Start a, a little intention altar, if you will. Find a little spot in your home. Clean it nicely and everything. Energetically, too. Whatever you want to do, put some salt down, wipe it up whatever you like to do, blast it with, if you're a Reiki practitioner, you can do the power symbol, clear it out, do some energetic sage, you can use sound, whatever the case is, put down a nice little cloth and get yourself like a seven day candle, um, or they actually sell knob candles. A knob candle, it it's just has all these little round bumps that go up, it kind of looks odd. People think it's sometimes an inappropriate adult item or whatnot, but the knob candles are very um, made specifically for the purpose that there's seven knobs, and you light one knob and let one knob burn each day. And the idea is that you would take a candle, you can put a petition paper underneath it, put the candle down, light the candle, let one knob burn. And while that's burning, you just sit there and you just feed energy to whatever it is that you'd like to actualize. 
And I don't mean to focus. Focus is different. When you go to move your hand, you're not going move, 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 move. You just move your hand. The energy just flows. You say energy flow, the energy flows, and you just hold the space while the energy is flowing. And you feed that intention. You feed whatever it is you've told the universe you'd like to bring into your life. And you do that every day for seven days. And what it's training people to do is to be consistent in their choice because the universe's only answer to something is, yes, let's go, let's do this for you, right? But sometimes every 30 seconds, we change your mind. Oh, I'd like this to come in my life. And the universe goes, okay, great, I'll start working on that. And 30 seconds later, you changed your mind and it says, okay, great, I'll start working on that. And it starts you know, moving, the entire cosmos starts to realign to bring you what you'd like. And then you change your mind and the universe never even has a chance to bring it to you. So being consistent with your choice is key. And not just that, being congruent with the totality of your being is paramount. Because what if you're creating from ego versus the totality of you, yourself, your soul, and, and everything? So when you start to uh, create things, ask yourself, Four Absolutes is a great tool for this. This is from the Oxford group. Um, and then AA kind of borrowed it. But is it loving? Is it honest? Is it selfless? Is it pure? Whatever your inspiration from spirit is to bring into your life, ask those four questions, check it out. If it checks against all those things, chances are it's an inspiration from source. But if you get the inspiration, I really need a large TV for watching whatever football game or whatnot, that's probably an ego thing and that one you can dismiss. Or a more macro version of it is will it help everyone or will it hurt anyone? And if you only choose things that will help everyone and not hurt anyone, that is choices that are gonna exponentially just help you and the entire planet, species, and all that good and good stuff today. All right. And Nicole's just saying, your inspiration was outstanding today. Thank you. And it was all over the place because before I went on, I thought, oh, I'm going to do a, an actual <laughs> topic today. And then uh, it just kept shifting for me. So I'm glad that, uh, that it rolled out the way it did. Very good. Last call for questions or comments. And while people might be typing, Truly, if you're going to watch uh, past episodes or anything on replays, best place to do it in the description link. There's a link to my YouTube channel, The Sonic Shaman, and you can go there. You can uh, subscribe and turn notifications on. You get the notifications of when I come on. And there's a lot of content that I just made public recently that was all private, uh, like concerts that I filmed and different things like that. My audio equipment wasn't what it is today, but the energy is still there. And I have a couple talks on introduction to Peruvian shamanism uh, that I filmed at Goddess Elite that are on there. So there's a, a little bit of, of goodies going back before I just started doing these not even a week. I haven't even done a week of these. It's going to be so much fun going forward, uh, just seeing what inspiration is going to come through every day. And some of that is going to be based on what you guys would like to hear. So are, if there are certain things that you'd like to know about or hear about, put them in the comments and I will do my best to to hit all those in the ways that I can. And then in addition to my daily connects, um, I will have different people on, uh, like Matthew Stewart's gonna be coming on and we're gonna be talking about trauma and spirituality. Uh, is gonna be our topic probably either this Friday or a week from Friday. Uh, Dr. K and I do streams, Casey and I do our stir crazy shamans. And if you wanna um, pick up all my content, anything that's under an hour, I do post on my Instagram TV. So you can follow me on Instagram, uh, the Sonic Shaman 528 or Sonic Shaman 528, I think is my username. I forget, but I, I put everything there and then it's also on iTunes and all that good stuff. So you can, there's no reason not to hear the content if you'd like to hear it, but YouTube definitely helps me out the most if you watch it there. So let's see, 
uh, Joseph offers, yes, thank you for the positive creation energy today. Namaste. Namaste, which is an energy of may the God in me greet the God in thee for the highest good. And maybe that would be a great way tomorrow when you meet with your family to say that as you start to interact with them, especially if you still have unresolved hucha around anything uh, with the family. That would be a, a wonderful way to smooth it out and really have a connection on a whole another level. So in closing, thank you so much uh, for joining me and I will see you tomorrow. And if you check out emergenceofbeing.com, we do have the energy clinic coming up. Even if you're watching on a replay, it's the first and third Monday of every month. So you can always check that out and I will see you next time. Thanks for joining us today for the show. The Sonic Shaman is part of the Emergence of Being Contributor Network. Visit emergenceofbeing.com to learn about all the contributors and learn about our services and upcoming events. Please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. You can contribute to the show by supporting our efforts and sharing our content with those you care about and those who need it most.